What's up, you guys? Welcome to the June 26th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Getting ready to talk some free agency just around the corner. Sunday night, just a few days away. Uh, got a, we got the draft in the books. We've got a, still a lot to talk about. We have the shortest uh, offseason, it feels like, ever. Um, got Summer League coming up. A lot to talk about. Excited to kick off the offseason coverage. With me to do so is Tommy Beer. What's up, man? What's up, sir? How's it going? Pretty good, man. Just uh, enjoying the slow week here before we get nuts. It's um, going to get nutty, so enjoy uh, the slow week while you can. Yeah, we got uh, Sunday night and then right away Salt Lake City Summer League and then obviously Vegas Summer League starting on the 5th. So it's going to be – I can't wait, man. It's uh, And I've said this before. I don't like Twitter during the, the playoffs. Everyone just throws takes out and it's like everyone's in on it. People who are like casual basketball fans like think they know everything. Give me, give me hardcore fans only summer league Twitter strictly. Like that's for, for, for those of you that may be new to the pod <laughs> or, or new to Mr. Gallagher's work. He loves summer league probably more than anyone else loves anything on this planet. I so. do. I like. I'll take a summer league game over a finals game all day. <laughs> and he's not kidding. Folks. I'm not, dude. I'm not. Just because uh, it's it's a learning experience. I like to just learn new things. You know, it's like all these shiny new toys. I don't watch college. So I was excited to see what's in these guys' bags. Like, I know Pascal Siakam, like, two, three summer leagues ago, he was like, yo, this guy's got some talent, and look what happened, most improved player. So Mitchell Robinson, Mitchell Robinson last summer league. You a know, lot really, of guys, yeah. You know, sent his, uh, it was his coming out party when people yeah. didn't even know if he'd play at all in the NBA or the G League, you know, most of the season. He he let it let it be known that he was, he was ready to rock. He for sure is. So let's talk about uh, just a few things. Uh, we had a trade this week, uh, a rare player A for player B trade. Usually we see cap space and all this and that, but straight up Kent Bazemore for Evan Turner. Uh, so let's talk the Hawks side of this. It's pretty clear. We knew they were trying to clear out as many guys as they could to open up wing minutes. They just drafted two wings in Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. So more minutes for them. But Evan Turner is going to basically be backup point guard. Um, do you feel... Our, I've said multiple times, I'm pretty much in on Hawks across the board. Um, Trey Young and John Collins in particular. Uh, how do you feel about those two? And how do you feel about just anybody else on this squad um, that could maybe bust out? Yeah, I'm not as high. On, I, I'm very high. I, I'm excited about Trey Young and, and John Collins. I'm probably a little bit higher on Collins than I am on Young. Um, certainly relative to, to their their likely ADP. I'm not as high on Trey Young. I guess the, the question with AD, it's a fascinating, uh, with Trey Young rather, is whether he was the Trey Young before the, whether we'll see the, the pre-All-Star break Trey Young or the post-All-Star break with Trey Young um, because their values are markedly different. I probably think, while you think he probably has room for growth, if not, you know, be just as good or better than he was in the second half, I think he probably comes back down to earth a little bit in terms of shooting percentage and maybe his turnovers, you know, or skew a little bit more towards the, uh, the, uh, the, t- the turnover-prone first half Trey Young. Um, but I think he probably lands somewhere in the middle um, where so I, I probably won't be able to draft Trey Young because I I probably won't reach for him before you know in the forties or fifties and I know you're yeah, no but I'm, <laughs> yeah I'm like twenties I'm at like twenty yeah yeah so I you know late thirties might make sense early forties I could see it but I know you're in the twenties so yeah, um, yeah. and I, I suspect his ADP will probably be somewhere in the low thirties um, maybe late twenties so um, yeah so so while I think um, he certainly has value I don't I'm not uh, I'm probably a little bit more pessimistic than most. Yeah, just a few things I've said. All these players they're adding are kind of low-usage guys. Um, I think taking Bazemore out is a good thing. I don't think Turner will play on the same, at the same time as Young, not that he's a high-usage guy anyways. 
But, like, I could see his offensive opportunities going way up. Um, you know, second overall in assists last year. Didn't even really make his threes last year when he was hot. Um, just hoping he gets some more steals. Pretty much just, like, shoot the same, get a little bit more steals, and you're going to be worth second-round pick to me. And I feel like that's not too much to ask. Um, I, I love John Collins, too. Uh, I have him in firm third round, um, right smack in the middle of it. Uh, sounds like you're kind of with me on that, or what? Absolutely. Okay. I, I think if I think if anything, I might even reach a little bit for him. Um, if anything, his fantasy value is kind of um, a little bit lower than probably it should be due to his low steals and blocks. And I, I think that was kind of an the last season was an anomaly. Um, I think if he bounces back. Um, closer towards his rookie year production in the defensive stats category. Um, he could finish the year top 25, um, you know, even top 20 possibly. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm very happy if I get Collins in the third round. Yeah, And he stayed healthy. We had that ankle injury, yep. but for the most part, we, I was terrified. I didn't draft him anywhere because I'm like, oh, you have an ankle issue going into the season. No, thank you. And he, um, much kind of like Jonathan Isaac too, like, yep. oh, my God, ankle injuries. But Isaac, after that quick little flare-up, he stayed pretty healthy too. Uh, we'll one- talk more about the Go ahead. I think the one guy who benefits arguably the most from this, the Bazemore deal, is even though Turner could obviously take some minutes of shooting guard or the wing, et cetera, is Kevin Herter. Um, I think he's a, a very interesting late-round flyer. Um, you know, the plays in that high-tempo uh, high Hawks offense, Trey Young's going to draw a lot of attention. John Collins is going to draw a lot of attention. I think Herter can stick, take a step up and, and supply threes and boards and, and some good stuff this season. How high would you go, you think? Like, I I'm think he's going to probably go eighth, ninth round. You think so? I was thinking he would still be available in the ninth or tenth, and would make a value pick later in the rounds, um, in those late rounds. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I wouldn't be able to reach for my. I'm surprised that you think he'll he'll go that high. Uh, I just think Hawks are going to be really, really coveted, just because like I've been saying, they have the clear plan. I love that. Right. I don't got to worry about them unloading all their guys at the deadline or all this and that. Like we kind of know what we're going to get. Um, yeah, I don't think Cam could... Reddish. I don't think Cam Reddish is going to get a ton of minutes. I think like nah. that could drive you know other pe- folks might be worried about that, etc. Yeah, but I think he's a solid guy. Yeah, uh, I think Hunter could play some four as well. They're going to be really yeah. thin up front, so he'll play some minutes yeah. there. Um, let me see if I can find. So he went in the tenth round. Um, tenth round. Okay. Yeah, I think he's going to go up a little bit more. Um, so what would you say about him versus Gary Harris? Probably take I like Gary Harris to bounce back. Yeah, too, so. I think so too. <laughs> Ingr- uh, Ingles. I'm trying to see who's like sexy in that neighborhood. Uh, I guess Derek White. It's kind of Derek White's kind of a shooting guard. At least his stats. He's not a big assist guy. I'd probably take White even with Dejounte. Right. Yeah, okay. I think so I maybe call- I'm a little bit. Uh, what about Miles or Mikel uh, Bridges? Either one of those guys. I would rather. I think I'd rather hurt her than both. Actually. Yeah, I think I would too. I think yeah. I like his upset for. He's going to have a ton of threes. Yep. Um, and then uh, I don't know how I feel about DeAndre Hunter yet. Um, I know Roth had said that it was more of a UVA system, being low usage, low steals, low blocks. Like his stats look terrible for fantasy. So hopefully yeah. that that changes. But um, yeah, like you said, Cam Reddish being hurt, uh, he's not going to have much time to develop in the off season, no summer league. So uh, just pretty much late round flyer there. I'm not high on Hunter. Um, I like his I, I like his game. I think he'll translate well. He's a little bit older than your typical, especially in this draft, top five pick. Um, but I just yeah, his, his game doesn't scream you know fantasy value. Um, I think it'll take a little while to get his feet as he gets acclimated to the NBA game. I think he's a good pick, solid defensively. Um, but yeah, he's not a major steal and block guy. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll probably pass on Hunter. Sure. Uh, and so Blazers going to tie in two things. Um, with them getting Bazemore, who's going to be a rotation player. They had some depth issues, so that was a pretty good pickup for their rotation. 
Um, they, they had a couple of big holes. I was looking at guys who may step up into that role, but um, they filled it for now with Bazemore. Um, is he a target at all or not really? Could play some three. I, I don't think so. I guess it depends a lot on if they bring Rodney Hood back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's kind of the insurance. Um, Hood's a restricted free agent, so if they let Hood slide, then he could certainly see some minutes and give you some threes, you know, in, in late rounds, you know, um, you know, deeper leagues uh, if you're looking for a three-point specialist. Um, also, Alfarico Aminu is the other, you know, main rotation player that's a free agent in Portland. Um, if he leaves, I guess Baymore, Baysmore could, you know, slide in and then bump somebody else up to the four or three. Um, so we'll see what they do. But if they bring back both Aminu and Hood, which is certainly a possibility, um, then I just uh, Baysmore has, has a little value yep i'm not into it like you said unless unless things just go crazy and they just get rid of their depth for for one reason we'll talk about in a second but um any other blazers takeaways i I still think zach collins is in a good spot i've talked about him a few times are you interested in him at all he burned me a little bit last year yeah yeah, that's right yeah you know, I took him in 30 deep, um, and he just didn't deliver as as we were hoping. Um, but I still like his upside. Um, you know, we'll see. Again, I guess we'll see how things shake out. Did they did they deal um, Myers Leonard? Maybe he's only got one year and 11 million dollars left on his deal. Um, you know, My, but Myers Leonard played really well in the playoffs. So maybe they want to keep him and eat into that. I'll lean to Collins minutes. And as we're about to uh, expound upon, if they bring in another power forward, that would certainly complicate the scenario. So let's get to that. We don't need to talk about Dame or anybody else that we already have kind of figured out. Um, can't talk about Cantu yet because he's free agent, may not be coming back. But anyways, uh, Zach Lowe and Woj had kind of hinted that the Blazers may be going after Kevin Love. Thought that was interesting. Uh, they have they have some ammo now. Uh, we saw Anthony Simons really go off, and Anthony now wearing number one, which is super dope for anybody who grew up in the nineties. Um, <laughs> any any foam posits fans? I, I may have to. I have a pair of uh, black foams. I may have to get a Anthony Simons jersey just to get get the penny and the penny action. There you go. Uh, anyways, um, so, uh, there's more. Uh, any thoughts on this one? I mean, it's kind of incomplete right now, but yeah, it's so hard. I mean, what do they give up? Um, is Love going to be healthy? I like Kevin Love. I obviously, I think he can bring a lot to the table from a fantasy perspective. Probably a better fantasy player than reality player at this point. Um, Blazers are coming off a season which they advanced to the Western Conference Finals, so I don't know how willing they are to shake it up. Had this been last postseason when they got swept out in the first round by the Pelicans, I think they would be far more willing to really blow the whole thing up um, and, and take and roll the dice on Love. But he's still got a bunch of money and a bunch of years left on his contract, so um, I don't love it from a reality Blazers standpoint, um, but certainly would be interesting from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, uh, like you said, depends. They'd probably have to throw Collins and Simons and a couple firsts, I guess, and then... I guess Myers Leonard to fill some money out in contracts. That probably but even then, that's that's not going to get him enough. Yeah, I don't think that's enough either. Eh, it's close, though, I think. Um, uh, I, mean, I think don't... Collins and Simons could be pretty good, you know? Yeah, but I'm saying from a money from a salary standpoint. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying like salary fill. You could. Oh yeah, yeah, else. yeah, yeah. I guess like, they could. I guess they could get a third team involved. To eat yeah, forget the... the money in there is not a problem. True. I don't think. True. Um, maybe my Harkless that would get it in there too. True. Yep. Yep. So they'll figure it out. But yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going anywhere though. I agree. He I, needs I think, to go I somewhere think, though. <laughs> That's I just think, so unfair. Totally. I think at the deadline, um, I think he'll his name will be one of the the main you know hot hot takes, hot rumors, hot guys that a lot of teams will be interested. You know, because again, yeah, the the, the, the Cavs are years away from competing. He's in the prime, if not on the back end of his prime. So um, get him to a place where he compete for a title and um, guard Steph Curry in the final seconds of a game seven of NBA finals, you know? So hot right now. Uh, so let's finish off the other Woods Low things really fast. Um, they had mentioned that Denver's excited about Michael Porter Jr. This is just for my summer league peeps. I'm really excited to watch him 
Um, you know, he was arguably a top three or four talent, but had the back issue, didn't play last year, obviously. Um, does he have a, I mean, if, if Millsap maybe dips, like, I feel like maybe that's a good thing to watch. But other than that, um, it's really going to be hard for him to kind of create value. I think you nailed it. I think it comes down to Millsap. Millsap has a $30.1 million team option. Um, be very interested. We'll find out in the next couple of days, actually, that the, um, uh, Nuggets have to make a decision soon. Um, certainly, if, even if they renounce that team option, they could bring him back on a multi-year deal um, for less annual salary, but for more years. But if Millsap does not return to Denver, that's certainly, you would think, the, the reason they were letting Millsap go. Um, and if they don't re-sign any other power forward is because they have a lot of faith in Porter. Um, and he is, yes, of all the players, I'm going to be obviously Zion and R.J. Barrett, yada, yada, yada. Michael Porter Jr. may be the most interesting um, the guy I'm most interested to see because, as you mentioned, this guy, as far as skill set, obviously the back's an issue. The injury concerns are an issue. Will they keep him on a limited? You know, I assume they're not going to play him. Even if he, even on a bad team, they wouldn't play him 35 minutes a night, and they'll maybe give him back to backs, et cetera, just to kind of let himself get acclimated physically to the rigors of, a, of the NBA marathon. But in terms of skill set, this guy can do it all. Board, shoot from a high percentage in close, athletic, explosive around the rim, very good three-point stroke. I mean, this is a guy – um, with a shot that can, you know, consistently, you know, he can make two three-pointers a game and shoot, you know, 34, 35% from downtown. Um, so there's just a lot to like there. It'll be very – he's one of those guys that could slip um, or somebody could reach, and I, and I wouldn't blame you for either end. It'll be very interesting to see where he goes. Um, and a lot of it will be determined on summer league play. And, and then obviously the reports we get in summer league and, and preseason, et cetera. Yeah, it's a total – but late's last pick dart throw, if Millsap's gone, I'm for sure down. Um, oh, I think if Millsap's gone, I don't think he's going to last to the last round. Yeah, you're I, probably right. I think he's going to go around 100, 110, you know, somewhere, you know, in, in a 10th, 11th round, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, like you said, it depends on how he, if he, if he crosses it summer league. Yes, yes. Like, he may come up to like 85. A hundred percent. I yeah. can see somebody, like I said, I get somebody, if he, if he's, and I think it's a possibility, he's, he averages 20 points in summer league. Yeah. I could yeah. see, I could see him being in, you know, seventh round, eighth round, you know, that, 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 that neck, neck, neck. For sure. I definitely can't wait to watch him. Also, uh, Jared Vanderbilt's uh, underrated too. Yep. Um, sneaky summer league. If you're playing summer league DFS, he's going to have a lot of rebounds. Uh, okay. So other Woj and low notes. Uh, let's see. Uh, he mentioned, and this has kind of been the talk that, Brogdon may get 20 mil a year, uh, so he's getting basically like number two money, uh, and Brogdon is really not a number two. So, um, thoughts on that? Um, such a difficult spot for the Bucks because he's a perfect complement on a team with Giannis, such an efficient player. He's a 50-40-90 guy, and those guys are very few and far between. Relatively young, obviously very young. Um, still just a couple years removed from his rookie of the year season. The issue is he does have foot injuries. He's not been the most durable guy. It's such a, you know, Milwaukee's not a major market. Is their owner worried about the luxury tax? I think he's going to get offered that night. You know, I think he's going to get around uh, $80 million over four years. And at the end of the day, after they're going to bite their tongues to do it and grit their teeth. But I think the, the Bucks do match it. I don't know. I just I think, I'm not saying it's not risky, but I, what's I the alternative? Feel, I feel, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like do they trust themselves to put Pat Connaughton out there on a super cheap contract to fill minutes? Obviously, he's not the same caliber of player Brogdon is, but... It just pretty much comes down to like, could you pay Middleton thirty percent of your salary cap? Like, I can't do that. Here's the thing: Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be in the same position as Anthony Davis was next year. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to be. We're getting closer and closer to the day that he can say, 
at least, or he's could ever on opening the first question he's going to be asked in pre you know in their opening preseason and throughout the rest of the season is are you going to sign with Milwaukee long term? So I think Milwaukee, you got to be careful not to be penny wise and pound foolish there. Do everything you can and make even if it's a lie, to, and then you can trade Brogdon next year after you get him to sign that that supermax. You, if you, obviously if you lose Giannis and the Kupo, you fold the franchise because it's just yeah. it would devastate yeah. the entire city. So um, I, for that reason, I think they're going to overspend. You know, because remember what happened in Miami when they you know they tried they, they didn't want to sign Mike Miller back and they you know those, yeah. those you know, mid level exceptions. You know it, it ended up rubbing those guys the wrong way. So I, I think you'd be very careful just to let Giannis know you're willing to spend whatever it takes to keep him happy. I'm just saying if if Middleton gets max and Brogdon gets 20 a year and they want to sign Lopez, who I think is more important than signing Brogdon, like what they can't fit all that money in. Even in and like you said, they have to go into the tax hardcore. You just had the best record in the NBA last year. You have the MVP, like you're going into the tax a lot, but like just the way the salary cap works and I know you have an advantage being that they're on those teams, but like that's I mean how are they going to afford all that? You know? uh, it's, it's not easy, but they do have bird rights on those guys, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, the good news for them is that he is restricted, so they can kind of obviously, you know, let another team, you know, and, and another team will because again, if you're an Eastern Conference team, you overspend a little bit for Brogdon because it's a win-win. If you yeah. if you if he signs your if he if the Bucks pass on the offer sheet, then you get Malcolm Brogdon. If the Bucks match, then they are in deep trouble and financially. So it's. Poison pill at a la Tyler Johnson, something like that. Like poison pill at front loaded. Exactly. I could totally see a team doing that. Like that's what, if you're if you're trying to prime away, that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's move on here uh, quickly on D'Angelo. Again, kind of up in the air, but it feels like him and the Lakers have some momentum. Um, Zach Lowe made a great comment uh, on his show yesterday. It's like D'Angelo went to boarding school. <laughs> he was just a mess whole thing with Nick Young and now he's back and he's an all-star so that'd be funny if he comes back but I mean that would obviously destroy his fantasy value I think like him and LeBron and AD I wouldn't be touching him in like 7th round 100% and that's why I don't think he'll go there you know like let's yeah. say that if the Nets bounce him then I think the Knicks are going to be are going to jump in there what would you rather be you know the best player on a new on the Knicks team you know you're the only all-star or the third banana behind you know, it's it, it would be Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and the other guys. You know, you're one of the other guys. So, um, and the and the, the Lakers don't have as much money as the Knicks or you know other teams can offer. Um, a question, two questions for you on on two free agents. Um, is D'Angelo Russell worth 27 million a year? That's the max he can get is a starting salary of 27.1. Do you think he'll get it? I think he's gonna get it. I I wouldn't do it. I like D'Angelo, but again. He's hurt. He's been hurt a lot more. This is the first year he's really been healthy. Would and you give him? Would you give him twenty four million a year? Or you still like low twenties? Yeah, I'm. Not, I mean, it's kind of moot. Like he's going to get that money. I think. I agree. So, I agree. <laughs> One other player, Julius Randle. Um, if over under, does he get over under eighteen million Eighteen million dollars a season. Probably under. Mm-hmm. I'd say. I, as good as he was last year, I think. I mean, uh, again, I don't. I'm not a Randle guy. Okay. So, um, maybe, he, but that sounds about right. I think that's yeah. I think that's around the number. I think yeah. like four years, seventy-five million dollar deal. It, it worked out like eighteen point five. Yeah. I think that's well ended. That up. sounds about okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so let's talk awards quickly. Um, did you agree or disagree with anything? Um, I don't want to put anybody on blast here, but if you vote Derek Rose most improved player over Pascal Siakam, like no offense <laughs> to the person who did that, and I respect his work. I was surprised to find out who it was. I'm not going to say. 
I was stunned. I was like, I because th- I thought it would be like some random Minnesota writer or something like that, and right. it was a national guy. But um, did any other any other take like? And then the, oh, who was it? The guy I don't even know his name. I don't. Even, he writes. He picked like um, Dennis Schroeder as his sixth man. Yeah, and it's something. It was the same guy. Like. Yeah, know, there's one guy with the second team had weird, random, like had Drummond. Oh, you no, know, the same guy that had Schroeder on his uh, number one for six man. He also right. had Trey Young off his rookie of the year yeah. ballot. Yeah, yeah, not like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's that's embarrassing. Yeah, um, yeah. Though I mean, I was. Outside of those random weird, you know, school, and those guys should should have their votes picked. You know, it's yeah. making a mock. Come on, man. Schroeder, of the, of the get out of here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I think I think otherwise. I, I don't really. The, the problem with that award show too is it's two months after we debated it. You know, like yeah. I can't get over overly worked up. I think um, you know Pascal Siakam got what you know ninety five percent or something of the yeah, of the of well. place votes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I, I I don't have a major problem with any of the guys that won the award. I don't have a major problem, but I still I still have Harden as MVP. Like it's just it's all volume. So like he played more minutes and more games. I did the math on it. So if if Harden had played at Giannis's minutes per game, he would have played sixteen more games. And like that's just I I'm a volume guy. My favorite stat is usage rate. So it's just right. kind of who I am. So I obviously no disrespect to anybody who voted Giannis, but I just I, I want I want my MVP out there for a ton of minutes. Um, yeah, I agree so. with you. It's, it's again. It's always that subjective. What does most make something most valuable? Yeah. You know, like for sure. You know, and it's, like it's, the best player, best team thing. I think is so yeah. overrated. And I'll add too. Like, so the Bucks had the coach of the year, the executive of the year, and the most valuable players. So how are all three of those things so super valuable? Like, I think that Woodenholzer <laughs> for sure deserved it. I mean, you could say Horse kind of deserved it. So I don't know. Kind of like dilutes Giannis's award a little bit to me <laughs> I don't know that's a good point like if if he's so valuable then then a coach is invaluable and if yeah. the coach is so valuable then the player how valuable can the player be yeah. and also if the obviously if the award was taken now you know when when the award was handed out right. Ujiri would win executive of the year oh no question yeah because no one thought the 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 cojones move to to go get Kawhi and that'd be crazy if you, uh, we won't talk about Kawhi signing but um it's gonna be man and then just quickly on this one I feel like so when it turns Sunday night at six o'clock, what do you think the first couple of deals are going to be? I think Dame getting a supermax is going to happen right away. Yep. Um, Kyrie is going to probably sign at Brooklyn. I think that's going to be pretty quick. It, you, know, you know, I was trying to think when did the first Woj bomb? When do the first bombs usually? Didn't they start like ten p.m. typically? Sometimes depends on who they are. But in the, I guess the earlier I, start too, like, like Lillard thing, where it's a team with a team that is already on a team. So even though the other things are probably agreed to, this they can at least pretend that they talked about it without breaking. Yeah, any, like Chris know. Paul, I think happened like right there when he went to the Rockets. Right. Like that was like one of the first things to go down. Right. But I feel right. like Dame, my money's on Dame getting a supermax being the first like free agency move. Yeah, I was That's trying to think like did 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 we start getting Woj bombs like at you know an hour before the deadline? Like yeah. in other words. Will they start coming in at three sort or four? Sort of, yeah. Like Haynes has some like, stuff. Haynes always likes to beat very them. serious. Comp, you know, is expected to or is focusing on. You know that type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk uh, some early mitt picks, most improved player picks, uh, and which is funny. So if you remember back when the Demar Demar Rosen trade went down, and I sold him short, I was like, "Yo, Pascal's in such a great spot," and I didn't draft him as aggressively as I wanted to. I had him on a couple teams, but like. 
he was just like in such a great spot. So, are there anybody that is there anybody that you could see being in like kind of a phenomenal spot? Maybe the talent may or may not be there, but just guys that you could find that could really do some damage. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. Obviously, is dependent on on free agency, but I, in terms of most approved, I think Mitchell Robinson's going to be up there. Um, one of those guys that you know put up great per minute production, and assuming the Knicks don't sign a starting center, which I think is a very safe assumption, um, he'll start play you know 27, 28 minutes a night, and and you know be near the top of the league, if not lead the league in blocks and field goal percentage, et cetera. So um, he'll get some votes, and um, you know, and then there's then the you know Demarcus Cousins is going to come back healthy. I think he'll make some noise in, in that department. Um, Siakam, as you mentioned, obviously dependent upon Kawhi if Kawhi is shipped out or, or chooses to head back to Los Angeles that's a major situation that yeah. Kawhi uh, that Pascal can take advantage of P- Pascal win it again <laughs> no, that'd be crazy <laughs> if he won most improved again like what so what if he's like first team all NBA next year which isn't you know totally that's a, that's, that's a great question for a guy that's never been an all-star to go to first team all NBA yeah if, I mean if he's if he's first team all NBA like you could make a case for most improved again yeah <laughs> that'd be crazy fascinating yeah, uh, which actually, I'm going to jump to this question right now. Uh, this who would you rather own thing, uh, okay. Pascal or Draymond? Like that's a tough one right there to me. Are we assuming Kawhi's back, or we have to we have to? Yeah, let's assume Kawhi's back. I guess if Kawhi's back, I'd rather Draymond. Okay, and then you go the other way, especially with um, you know, Clay and and, and Durant yeah. out. Yeah, he almost had a triple double with a bunch of goodies. Draymond, Draymond's, and I got him at last pick fourth round in my uh, in the mock we did fit a ten teamer, but. He has he has to go. They're both yes. third rounders to me in a twelve teamer. Yeah. Yep. But I really like Pascal. Um, okay, so some names I wrote down. Pretty much uh, guys we've mentioned before. I think Zach Collins could be in a great spot. Again, it depends on basically Portland, you know, not being able to free up cap space. Um, and then I think Dejounte Murray. He he was probably my top five most improved player pick last year. Obviously, it didn't work out with the injury. So you know, roll that roll those dice again. He'll be resting here and there, but um, definitely like him. I will go after John Isaac again all day, every day. Um, was great down the stretch, and I feel like the NBA voters don't really buy into. And I, this is I, this is my argument when Giannis won Most Improved a couple years ago. Like he was really good after the break before he had his quote unquote breakout year. Like his stats were almost the same. So like to me, he wasn't that Most Improved player. Like I thought like Miles Turner, whoever it was, anyways. Um, so I think John Isaac could have another big step forward. Uh, and then Bam Adebayo, I could see another guy who had a really strong last month. Just so, so well-rounded on both ends. Could pass, do a little bit of everything. Miami's going to have some depth issues. Uh, Hassan Whiteside's going to probably throw a tantrum and sit a bunch of games. Um, but, you know, uh, sprain or, you know, cut his fingernail too short and not going to play that <laughs> game or something. And then uh, Jason Tatum's in a huge spot next year. So those are just some guys I... In, you know, five, ten minutes of researching. That, that's kind of what I came up with here. I don't want to spend too much time on it. We'll see where we're at in, you know, a month. Yep, and, yep. Any... I think a lot, a lot of what makes sense, a lot of the guys you pick are certainly guys that uh, I will have highlighted on my cheat sheets in a yep. couple of months. All right, so let's run some uh, quick who would you rather owns. Uh, I, I want to mention Zion here. Uh, I, I went mega deep dive. I spent pretty much the whole day Friday writing this column up. Um, and... After I had finished writing it, I decided I want to put him at number 12 on my big board. <laughs> uh, so, that, I, I, again, just read that article. It's, like, so loaded. I'm projecting about a 40% uh, increase in his possessions per game. Um, per minute, excuse me, 40% per minute. Plus, he's going to probably get another six minutes of playing time. 
He only played 30 minutes per game at Duke, played 36 and a half in the final seven games uh, for conf- uh, for conference tournaments in the tournament. So, like, I'm so high on him. Uh, so I'll ask any of these players that you would take uh, for Zion, Capella, Gobert, Embiid, or Drummond. I would consider it over Drummond. I would probably take the other three, just go the safer route. I'm, I'm a little bit risk-averse when it comes to rookies, although I must say you did a great job outlining the case for Zion as a second-round, if not early second-round pick. Um, a lot of food for thought there. I probably, I'm just kind of accepting the fact that I won't have Zion on, on any, probably maybe <laughs> one of my teams, just because somebody like you, and, you know, one, you know, in, in some leagues we're just fanboys are just going to fan out and, you know, just because they can, root for the guy with the cool dunks but folks like you make a compelling case to have the have the data to back it up um that he can you know really be a i'm worried a little bit about his injury too i'm just yeah. carrying 285 pounds the way he jumps around and lands and well, he had a thumb injury he banged his knee he had a bruised knee uh and he actually hurt his back and his knees from such a gross spurt as, as a kid like he said my back hurts from growing so fast like, yes he's um, a freak yeah. dude Yes, yes. So um, I'm fascinated to see him play. You know, I'm, I'm sure if he's not, you know, people aren't considering taking him the really early, they will in about um, 10, 15 days from now after he has averaging 30 and 15 in the, in the summer league. And let me get you on Drummond. You don't like – Drummond was, uh, even with the free throw punting, um, he was firm for uh, – he was number two after the break. And then if you, if you are punting, he was number one. Harden was number one without that. Like Drummond's post-break numbers were stupid. They were insane. I just think with a healthy Blake, you know, for most of the season, um, and you know, just I, I think they're going to try to you know use a more well-rounded offensive attack. We'll see, though. You know, Dwayne Casey obviously yeah. had had success with Drummond, so I, you know, I just I think that that in a nine-cat league, that that free throw can can really hurt for you. Sure. But if you're picking twelfth and you want to go Drummond Zion, Drummond Gobert, and then yeah. maybe you get Ben Simmons in round three, like you're Jonas and I talked about that, like you're rolling in that situation. True, true. But um, just quickly, his post-break was 17-17, 1.8 steals, two dimes. Like, oh, just it's nasty. A monster. Yeah. So let's do rapid fire to finish this up. Uh, John Morant or Shea Gilgis-Alexander? SGA. Same. Uh, Fox or Conley? Fox. Same. Uh, Chris Stapps or John Collins? Oh, John Collins. Okay, yeah, me too, me too. Close? Uh, not really. I'm not. I, I'm going to steer clear of Chris Stapps. I'm just okay. too worried about that. I think yeah. they're going to take it easy on Bridges or Bridges? Miles or Mikael Bridges? Mikael. Uh, I'm Miles. Is, Miles. Uh, yeah, just a higher upside. I think I just like Mikael's floor a little bit. Just because I hate the Suns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kemba bounces. And then CP3 or Jamal Murray? Ooh, that's a good one. I'd probably go CP3. I guess depending on my first couple picks, um, if I have some solid, consistent guys, if I want to roll the dice. Um, if CP3 plays 74 games, I think he'll have a better season. But yeah, <laughs> good point. Yeah. So. so, yeah, I'll take Blue Arrow. Guys, as good a bet as any to play 80 games, I would say. Cool. All right, so we're out of here on that. You guys, enjoy your weekend. Be back on Friday. Have no idea what we'll talk about. Maybe we'll have a trade or something along those lines. So you guys take care, and thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, Mike.